holy shit welcome back and we're actually back it's it's welcome back to horror cats and oh. witch hats with katie and izzy it's it's been a while because it's been a while <laughs> since i last saw you put of... your headphones on it's been a while but like it really has been a while and we apologize uh, for that four months um we're getting our shit together it's been a it's been a four we months had, some... we had weddings we had holidays there was a lot going on listen some people were broken by covid we thrived during covid and we are broken by real life so <laughs> <laughs> um actually it's this movie uh smile came out <laughs> 2022 was the last movie we did we said we were going to do in February, um, and I know it was February because in our last episode, I was like, I'm so excited to watch Scream, and that came out March 3rd or something like that. So that's how I know it's been that long. Which, that was a really good movie. I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's on my list. That's how fucking crazy life has been. I haven't even seen that movie yet. Warning, there is a kitty death in this movie. It's heartbreaking. That's why I just, I was like, I don't want to do this movie. There's a cat death. I cannot promote movies that do cat death. Even though we keep wanting movies that have, like, cats in them, we just don't want to um, see the death. Yeah. No, that's not really why. Uh, the notes were hard for this movie, but that's, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, life's been crazy. We're back. We're going to do better. We did actually use this time productively. Um, we have some announcements, so... Drum roll, please. Oh, you can't hear my drum rolls. Yeah, I can't hear your drum rolls. Do a vroom vroom. Do a vroom vroom drum roll. Vroom vroom. Great drum roll. Okay, so drum roll. So we do have a merchandise store now. Um, we're still adding to it. Uh, I'm trying to go back and listen to episodes and remember things we said we would put on t-shirts and things. Um, but the murder muffins are there. The murder muffins are there. Uh, the traditional horror cats, witch hats, the beautiful mm -hmm. artwork we had made for us is available. Iron record. Um, but it's on. It's an Etsy shop. It's called Open Past Midnight. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other shit on there. Great shop name, by the way. Good choice. Oh, thanks. I workshopped it a lot. Um, I like it. There's also going to be some D&D themed things because we're a bunch of nerds. Uh, we yeah, do. Yeah, as I, as I drink, out, drink out of my Dice Goblin mug. Um, we do have plans for another D&D one shot. Um, mm -hmm. We also are working on building a Patreon for all of you wonderful people. And the beautiful thing about a Patreon is that because you're paying us, we feel obligated to actually put episodes out on time. So, yeah. so more details on that will come, but definitely check out the store. Um, we'll link it in everything open past midnight at Etsy. Check it out. Um, yeah. Moving on. Smile. And before we start this movie, there is like a suicide heavy theme in this film so yeah. we're just gonna be safe cover the bases and also educate people um i did not know this but i guess the suicide hotline is no longer like some 19 million digit phone number you just dial 988 yeah i didn't know that uh, oh i, I did because yeah. 
it's really good that we do have a three-digit number because that way it's a lot easier in case like we need to do something immediately and they're like ah. yes you can also text them and just like chat anonymously mm -hmm. kind of i like it i love it and without further ado the film um okay everybody was so anticipated with this movie they were like it's gonna be so good and i walked out of the theater i was like okay that was really predictable but okay <laughs> yeah it's not a bad movie i just i didn't love it um yeah and i definitely didn't love it the second time i watched it because i had to remember what happened or the third that i had to watch it yeah oh you went down a a path I did not brave. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I did that yesterday while I was folding clothes. That's what I did while I was working. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Smile came out 2022. It is currently on Paramount Plus. The photo for it is fucking great. Like it, I like. Yeah, it's really good. I like the photo. I love the actress that they used for that, even though she's only in like two minutes of this whole movie. Um, but we'll talk about her later. It was originally intended to go straight to paramount plus streaming service but during their testing uh their screen testing i guess people reacted so well to it that it ended up getting a theatrical release so that's like fun for them okay. um the filming is great i think they use drones for some of their like overhead scenes yeah those were i liked <clears throat> I liked those shots a lot. My goodness. I am loving the addition of drones in movies because I like the things they they're can do making, with them. They're making some beautiful, like, uh, aerial shots of, of forests and things like that. And yeah. the way that directors are using them with, like, flipping the, the video and everything, it's just really cool. It's really that, cool. That's in this one, right? It does, like, an over-the-shot city yeah. where it's upside down. Yeah. 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 Th those are really cool. This film was directed and written by Parker Finn, who has a horror film festival win for a short called Laura Hasn't Slept, which he wrote and directed in 2020. And listen, Laura, neither have I. It's been a fucking wild couple of weeks. Amen. Um, but that short is actually what this film is based on, or so Google says. They kind of have some similarities. Uh... The short, Laura Hasn't Slept, is about a woman who sees a therapist to get help managing a reoccurring nightmare. I think he did that short and was like, wow, I like this idea. I'm going to build on it into a whole movie. So, um, And then he has another short called The Hide Behind, which is about a lost backpacker who encounters a stranger slash monster thingy that leads him deeper into the forest and into not good things. Did you see that movie on Hulu, Paramount, Peacock, <laughs> Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. It's not on Netflix. It's on one of those other three. Um, it's about a couple that goes backpacking and some sort of monstery thing lives in the woods. And it's kind of like that, actually. Uh, like that short. It's, it's actually a good movie. It goes fucking off the rails. Like you, it is not what you think it is. This is me putting my antennas out to the TV oh, yeah. stream, trying to figure it out. I wish you could see this, and listeners, I'm sorry. It's me putting my fingers to my forehead. It's called Significant Other. He plays Harry. That's what it's called. And it's on Paramount. Nailed it. Uh, side note. So I yeah. forgot to put in notes about Temple Hill Production, who is it's the- It's cool. I already looked it up. Who's the production company for this movie. Mm -hmm. And they did. We have a ghost. I fucking love that TV show. 
also on Paramount. Apparently, they do a lot of Paramount stuff. Um, we have a ghost. Is that what it's called? Yes. So it's a like they're like the 20, 30 minute episodes. It's a comedy. Um, a couple gets. I was at that house that's filled with all the ghosts from yes. different centuries. Oh, okay. I totally started oh that. Oh my gosh, it's so fucking funny. There's uh hetty is from like she's like the woman of the house from like the 1800s she has mm-hmm. the best one-liners there's a one-liner where she one of the the main character has like allergies and she's like well if you would just snort cocaine like i told you it would take care of all of your allergies and i die that's, every time that's the clue got it i don't like co- i've never done cocaine i've never uh, put it on my nose but maybe i should start with my allergies dear lord they've ter- been terrible this weekend that's how it this fixes year, actually this fucking year it fixes your uh allergies by just putting a hole through your nose it just, yeah it just <laughs> numbs the whole thing it's fine um they, if you're a you, if you, it was gonna say if you're also a twilight fan that's probably why you know temple hill productions because they did all the twilight films oh okay um i i never watched past the second one and that's because i was dragged to the premiere of the second film i otherwise i would not watch any of these ever <laughs> so listen i liked the books because i read them in middle school I was target demographic. Um, yeah, I, you were. I didn't <laughs> love the movies, but I still watch them because, I don't know, they just bring me like a happiness of like, uh. I've, seen, I've seen pictures of the baby and she's frightening. Uh, yeah. It wasn't their shiningest moment. So anyways, to smile. Yes. <laughs> that was really all I had about it, directed and written by that guy. Um, although we acknowledge that many people go into making of a movie, that's all we're going to talk about. So. This film starts with a dead woman laying on her bed with like vomit or something in front of her, obviously. And her daughter, who I think is like 10 at the time, something like that, is just staring at her through an open door. And technically they're making eye contact, but there's just nobody there for mom. And then boom, it's a memory or a dream for Dr. Rose Cotter, who works at a psychiatric wing of a hospital. Oh, Connor. I totally thought her name was Connor for some reason. Nope. Connor. Apparently, I just never read that right. That's okay. Uh, so the therapist, Rose Cotter, she is played by Sosie Bacon. She uh, she was, she's only nine months older than Izzy. Yeah. Fun fact. I feel like I'm not old enough Dude, to be. Dude, I found out that one of my favorite actresses is only, is 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 four years younger than I am and I'm like god fucking damn it what have I been doing with my life isn't that such a weird feeling yeah it is but at the same time she's also the daughter of uh of 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 Ethan Hawke so you know that helps oh okay yeah I love her Robin in Stranger Things I think she's phenomenal anyways back to Rose Cotter Sozie Bacon I she didn't was... know she was the daughter of Ethan Hawke what a fun Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawke and uh Tilda Swinton oh okay fun. I think that's right Fun fact, Ethan Hawke, um, Kevin Bacon, they're all from the same generation. Yeah, Maya Hawke. That's a, that's her name. Yep. Oh, Uma Thurman. I take that back. I'm sorry. Not to, not till this one. Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. She does look a little Uma Thurman-y. Yes. So. Yeah, what yeah, a yeah. great combination to have as parents. Wow. She's, uh, right? She, anyways, I fucking love her. I think she's phenomenal. She's probably like my favorite actress in the world right now. Anyways, back to Sozie Bacon. Um, <clears throat> she was nominated as part of an award for the best ensemble for the role in the show called Mayor of Easttown. Uh, she's also 
She was also a 2014 Golden Globes winner for Miss Golden Globe, which I had no idea was an actual thing. I um, did not either. So if, if you don't know what it is, Miss Golden Globe is apparently an annual position that is appointed to one male and female child of a celebrity. Uh, it is intended that to be the Golden Globe ambassador, which is what the title was changed to back in 2018, which makes a little bit more sense. Um, the It first started in 1963, though it was exclusively a celebrity kid until 1971. Then they uh, helped hand out awards, escort winners down the stage, and promote the event via uh, philanthropic events. Um, it's also kind of seen as a good omen for thriving film careers. Prior ambassadors, including uh, Dakota Johnson from Fifty Shades of Grey, Simone, jo- uh, Simone Johnson, the daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Spike Lee's kid, uh, Satchel and Jackson Lee were the first LGBTQ plus and male black ambassadors to be a part of this. Um, and I think the first black female was Whoopi Goldberg's daughter, which, fuck yeah, I love Whoopi Goldberg in the first place. <laughs> yes. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was one, Rumor Wilson, Bill, uh, Bruce Willis's, and, I said Wilson, uh, Rumor Wills, Willis uh, is Bruce Willis <laughs> and Demi Moore Spawn. She was in House Bunny as the girl with the black brace, or the back brace. Um, she's really pretty, though. But, man, poor Bruce Willis going through all the shit that he's going through. I have... he's, got a good, he's got a good crew behind him, though. I don't know anything about anything. I've been in my oh, little he's, he's, uh He no longer makes movies anymore because he's... Uh, what is it? It's, it's not Alzheimer's. Um, but he couldn't remember his like, lines anymore. Like a dementia thing? Yeah, there we go. I think Aww. it is dementia. Um, but yeah, he he retired from acting because of it, um, because he 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 literally had to have like a microphone in his ear so people could read him his lines as he was oh, filming. My cats and dogs are tussling. Everybody wants to hear him tussle, 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 tussle. If you don't know who the lovely uh, parents of Susie Bacon are, it's none other than Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Wait, for real? How did I not know this? But that makes sense. She does... Yeah, yeah, okay. All she, right, I she, see it. She she does look a little Sedgwick-y. Yeah, she definitely does. And and she's got a little bit of Kevin Bacon in her. I think, I think mainly I see a little bit of it from Tremors, though. <laughs> there you go. Which is an awesome movie. Uh, so yeah, obviously, Susie Bacon, Kevin Bacon. But there you go. And she does look so... a lot like her mom. I think it's Sozy Bacon. Sozy? Oh, that would make sense. It's S-O-S-I-E. Um, it's either Sozy, Sozy, or they just pronounce it as Susie. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Google it. Yeah. Fuck it. She's also been in some um, TV shows like 13 Reasons Why, which is a super fucked up TV show. And hey. if you haven't watched it or read the book, don't. It's fucking fucked up. Sorry, my thoughts uh, are... You okay? Hey, chill out. Get it, Edna. Get it. No, don't, don't antagonize. <laughs> they can't hear me anyways yeah so she's in smaller roles like the scream tv series and 13 reasons why and some other things but that's that's sozy bacon for you that's uh wild that they i had no idea about the the golden globe ambassador thing yeah which it's is like kinda a, interesting it's like a cool way to get people involved i guess mm-hmm. um as far as like making children useful it gives them networking opportunities and stuff like that but whatever i guess 
I was wondering why she always reminded me so much of Kira Sedgwick, but that all makes sense now. Uh, so, Mrs. Rose Cotter, mm-hmm. her first patient of the day that we see is Carl Rankin, who is muttering things like, she doesn't matter, I'm gonna, and he just kept saying that over and over and over again. Um, and so she meets her patients when they get brought into the hospital in a nice little like calming room where they can just like talk one-on-one it's meant to be comforting the patient is supposed to feel safe and welcome but also like they're not trapped Uh, i don't know go ahead and just introduce them fuck it okay so (laughs) kyle reckon is played by uh jack is it socket or socket so whatever you say is what we'll go with it's It's s-o-c-h-e-t i'm gonna say socket but i don't think that's right listen if anyone wants to correct us they can come onto the podcast (laughs) yeah just let us know we'll bring you on we'll send you the link um but he's in a lot of shorts he's not he's not known for big screen tvs oh i just have to say i really like that coffee mug oh thanks he Um, i'm surprised he's not in bigger stuff because i think he did a really good job like he wasn't in a lot but with what he was provided he did a good job he did he he plays uh, a psych psych patient very well (laughs) uh so something that rose cotter says repeatedly to her patients over and over and throughout this movie is she says to him it feels real but it can't hurt you i promise and i'm like fucking foreshadowing right it'll come back later always foreshadowing and in a sad moment of fate oh i'm so sorry in a sad moment of fate during which she could have just gone about her day and left work because she had already done like a 24-hour or some bullshit long Mm -hmm. work day. Sorry. I should not drink coffee while we do this, apparently. Yeah, Um, I feel that. She hears her phone ring as she's exiting her office to go home and her dumbass goes back and answers it uh, and introduces her to her next patient which is a grad student with no psychiatric history history that was brought in in an ambulance for acting erratic and like violent and dangerous Mm -hmm. she had previously seen her professor beat himself to death with a hammer a week prior and that's all the information that rose cutter gets before she enters the room so this patient is laura weaver she has the best name ever because her name is Caitlin Stacy, spelled exactly like my name too. Because <laughs> we're be- we're cool, and it's the Irish traditional way of spelling it. It's the right way. <laughs> it is the right way. Just kidding. Uh, I just like to make everybody else feel bad. It means pure essence in Irish. In case you're curious. Just kidding. Pure essence. Uh, well, actually, that's you. Curious, pure that's pure anyway. evil essence. <laughs> exactly. It's the red hair. Uh, she was the star of Patrick Finn's uh, short Laura Hasn't Slept, so that's kind of, I assume that's kind of why they brought her back in a little bit. Um, she's also in Fear, Inc., All Cheerleaders Die, and I, Frankenstein. She's She's got some smaller roles. I think she's really pretty. I recognize her from a TV series called Rain, which is available on Netflix, I think, currently. She plays, it's like, I don't know, it's like six seasons long, and she's a main character in all of them so that's where like the majority of her stuff has gone from but she is like this sexy beautiful woman in that movie she still is but like that's her role in that tv show um but i wonder okay. if the reason he didn't just make her 
uh, Rose Cotter for this since she was Laura and Laura hasn't slept. Oh, because the patient's name is Laura Weaver. The short yeah. is oh, okay. I haven't seen About the her. short, so that makes sense. I haven't it's either, all, but that's what I connected. It's all with. coming together. Yeah. Well, that was fun. So Laura Weaver is the Laura from Laura Hasn't Slept. And I wonder out and getting help. <laughs> I wonder if her nightmares are the related to the head to murder thing. Yeah, yeah, very possible. I'm gonna Probably. Google it and after this. At another point while you're talking. All the notes I yeah. should have done before this, we'll do better next time. Anyway, they, they never come up until we actually like talk about this. And then we're like, oh, we should have fucking done this. It you know, it happens every time. And yeah. uh, it's it's a star shot for us. The day according to Laura Weaver, is October, a Thursday, to be specific. That's the most specific we can get. There's no date. But she describes a monster to Rose Cotter, kind of like an It Follows type of monster, if you've seen that movie. And it's kind of like that in the way that it is always like creepily lurking and disguised as people that they have seen or not seen or are going to interact with. But every time they see them, it just feels like fucking wrong and scary and off. So this thing does talk to her. It causes, she says, bad things to happen. We don't get any additional detail. Um, and she has hallucinations of truly awful things. Dr. Cotter repeats the same thing she told Mr. Rankin, that it feels real, but it isn't. It can't hurt you. You'll be fine. It's in your head. Blah, 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 blah. The patient, Laura Weaver, starts to like freak out like she can see the thing behind Dr. Cotter. She turns around. Nothing's there. Uh, and then Laura Weaver's like on the ground and it's like she's being choked. Or if you're into, you know, scary movies, it's like a typical possession looking thing. Dr. Cotter calls for backup, and when she turns around, Laura is just standing there smiling at her. And this is the smile, the woman, the actress, that is on the cover photo. It's the most uncomforting smile ever. Yes. It's like a it's very... A smile that, it's a smile that I have done in the haunted house as acting. It's a sinister smile for show. Uh, then Dr. Cotter just fucking stands there while she very slowly takes a broken piece of a vase and cuts from the side of her face down her neck and across and then she falls dies and is bleeding to death all with a smile on her face and dr cotter just stares at her and does absolutely nothing even though she is a trained doctor she should know how to apply pressure and she didn't even bother trying to like stop her from hurting herself yeah. Uh, that's one thing that did bug me is like my mom's been in like mental wards and she's been a therapist. She was a therapist for a majority of her life. And I showed her just a scene. She's like, that's not how that would happen at all. <laughs> and I was like, I, right? Like, I'm not crazy for thinking that's like, that's not how it would have happened at all. Well, and um, I, I want to say that Laura Weaver is a psychiatrist and not just a psychologist or a therapist because psychiatrists mm -hmm. go to medical school and then you specialize right. in mental disorders or whatever you right. want to say. Well, um, they're the ones that prescribe shit. Yeah. So I think she is a psychiatrist, which is why I'm like, you definitely should have been able to react. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't have frozen like that. But even if she's a psychologist or a therapist or whatever, and I'm not saying they are lesser than a psychiatrist. I'm just saying the training is different. She's yeah. still 
would have something to some sort of reaction right but i will say that as much as it fucking bothered me that she just stood there at the very end of the movie i do have a theory as to why that okay. why she reacts the way she does um because okay. the first time i watched this movie it really annoyed me how terrified she acted over every little thing from this moment mm -hmm. on and kind of like how useless she was a little bit or they made her seem um but i have a theory and it all comes together at the end so but yes she just stands there and it's like as the the people watching you're like are you kidding me like what are you doing mm -hmm. um but anyways she goes home after she gets debriefed basically uh by the police and takes her notes or whatever the hell she's supposed to do for that and she gets home and naturally what do you do when you're scared and overworked and tired you drink alcohol i don't know why that's what they have people do in movies i'm like that's not what i would be doing Alcohol doesn't fix your problems, people. Stop drinking it. No, but you also absolutely hate the taste of alcohol. <laughs> I know, but it's still like, conceptually, alcohol is not meant to be a calming substance. <laughs> so. it, is, it is a depressant, technically. As long as you're not drinking tequila, it is a depressant. Exactly. She should have gone home and had some THC gummies or something. Like, that would have exactly. been Exactly. See, you're on my page now. <laughs> See, I... Look weed at you go. isn't bad. Anyways. Weed is not bad. No. Uh... She goes home. She has a glass of whatever the hell she's drinking. White wine. There you go. White wine. And uh, she has her first vision of what Laura described as the entity, uh, which is a smiling Laura. And it's like in the, the shadows of her house. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you stare at like a TV screen for too long like one image and then you look away and you can still see what you saw on the screen it's like burned mm -hmm. into your retina or whatever yeah um it's kind of like that which when you watch the movie when she is watching her kill herself it zooms in on her eye so it's like the image is being branded into her her eye so that yeah. makes that makes sense as to why she sees that um and then that is when they introduce her fiance so really fast, um, I did go look for Smile, or not Smile, I did go look for Lara Hasn't Slept. I sent you the link for the actual uh, short film. It's 11 minutes and 26 seconds long, if you're curious. And it is literally just filmed in like one single room, basically. The dinner it's just her and her therapist. But I'm the so story sorry. <laughs> I clicked on it. So the ad is going to, the beginning of the ad is going to show up in our podcast. <laughs> we will post the link. <laughs> So the storyline of this is tormented by disturbing nightmares every time she falls asleep. Laura is teetering on the brink of madness and refusing to sleep, hunted by blood-curdling visions. Laura turns to the compassionate therapist, Dr. Parsons, for advice. Instead, as a kind psychiatrist tries to get to the root of the problem and figure out a way to help the desperate patient, the prolonged session reveals the naked, horrible truth. Can Laura prevent the inevitable? Will she escape the terrifying supernaturality and the smile? And it links the smile, the movie. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's what leads into this, basically, I assume. Uh, so now back to smile. Introducing Rosie's fiance. His name is Trevor. He's played by none other than Jesse T. Usher, who, uh, if you watch The Boys on Amazon, uh, is A-Train. 
which if you haven't watched the boys go fucking watch it because it's so fucking good you have no excuse not to watch it no you don't that is so good uh apparently his birthday is february 29th 1992 so he's born on a leap year and he's like only three years older than i am that's amazing he's your age kind of does it does it count if you're born on a leap year (laughs) i i don't know fuck it i don't know how Uh, that works he has winner he he's won awards for uh the independence day resurgent resurgence and survivor's remorse he was in a netflix movie called dangerous lies um and after meeting trevor and everything the next day at work with uh with rose they are she's being investigated by two policemen that are talking to her about laura's suicide and what was and what, what happened the day before and she clearly has some dating history with one of the police officers one of the police officers his name is detective joel uh it is none other than one of the men that i would happily uh meet and hug and caress and kiss and all the dirty things it's kyle gallner <clears throat> that's right he's we are all about the hypersexualization of men on this podcast if you can yeah. do it to women we can do it to everyone but mm. i've had a crush on this dude i've had a crush on this fucking kid since like jennifer's body when he plays a hella goth guy like <laughs> love this kid super hot He's uh, been the winner of a few fil- a few film festival awards for Dinner in America and Welcome to Happiness. You may uh, you'll most likely recognize him from his roles in Haunting in Connecticut or the new um, Nightmare Before Christmas remake back in 2010. He was also in the latest Scream, and um, like I said, Jennifer's Body. He plays the goth kid that get, get that gets killed. He's he's a great actor. That's me gushing over Kyle Gallner, but he's a police officer in this. So just throwing it back to that short real quick, it Mm -hmm. is all about her and her session with her therapist. And there is a Mm -hmm. part where the therapist does the creepy smile and she has like hallucinations. And then she rips off her face, her own face, which comes back later in this movie. So they brought it. Lovely. So. Dr. Cotter is able to get the police report from when Laura saw her professor kill himself. And they conveniently, in a very simple word doc, provide all the information about this on screen. Um, And I feel like that's not really how police reports look, but I'm going to not argue it and I'm going to take it and run with it. So what it says is that Laura Weaver at approximately 11.30 p.m., Laura encountered Professor Gabriel Munoz at the St. Agatha College Campus Library. He approached her wielding a claw hammer, unprovoked. He smiled at her, then began bludgeoning himself in the head, sustaining at least 10 blunt force trauma wounds and severe lacerations before, quote-unquote, expiring, is how they Jesus Christ. (laughs) At approximately 12 p.m., Detective Casey arrived, and Laura was... Uh, obviously, I, I'm i going to reword this in my own words, but was obviously like affected by the trauma, but, and this is a quote, was of sound mind and calm demeanor as she discussed that there were no other witnesses. Munoz's body was taken to Marty's Mortuary, which is like a fun little name of her, <laughs> but... Following reading this, Rose sees Laura again through the window at the hospital and finds... I wrote Carol, but it's supposed to be Carl. 
smiling in his room at her and saying things like, you're going to die. She's going to die. We're all going to die. I loved the way they did that scene because she's walking past all the patient's doors and they're all open and they're they're all empty except for him sitting on the bed staring out the door just smiling. It's very ominous. I was trying to think of how all of these actors that are smiling probably went home and practiced for hours. Just their creepiest, most sinister smile. Yeah. And then like in front of the camera. It probably took them a long time to get the smiles. So they'd be like, uh, you look too kind. Could you make it more creepy? And like, uh, uh, bring You're your like, sight yeah, down a little bit, down, less dimple. Uh, perfect. Hold that. Don't move for the next four hours. You know, when they used to tell us that if you keep that face pose, it'll stay like that. Imagine yeah. keeping that smile on your face forever. I can barely smile through like five minutes of a conversation with someone before I'm like, my face is fucking tired. Dude, my wedding <laughs> photos were a fucking joke. Yeah. By the end of mine, I was like not even smiling. Happy late anniversary, by the way. Oh, thanks. I did text Tyler. I meant for him to tell you that. And I did send you a video of the backyard before we lost the house, which the new family moves in today. We have been married for 11 years. Congratulations. That's amazing. I'm going on my first year of marriage. <laughs> We're the triple ones, the one one ones. Yay, yay. Anyways, okay, back to the movie. Um, so Carl is staring at her and smiling, and she just like fucking overreacts and has oh, yeah. the whole staff come in. She has him restrained. He's clearly panicked. Um and then it jumps to her sitting in her supervisor's office and he's like, are you sure that he was being like violent or dangerous? Because he's he... never had the tendencies. Yeah. And she was like, well, I might have overreacted. Um, and he was like, why the fuck are you going back to work the day after you're witnessing a fucking suicide in front of you in, in a most gruesome fucking fashion? Like, I know doctors wouldn't allow you to go back to that immediately. Not it, mental health doctors. Yeah, they. Ha I'm sure there's policies and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, he does say, like, you have been overworked. You just saw something traumatic. You have to take time. Like, you are not allowed back in this hospital for a certain amount of time because he you gives need her paid leave. You need to get your shit together. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't be, like, a mess when, like, an outwardly mess. We're all messes inside. But... Uh, you can't be like an outward mess when you're dealing with people who are already having lots of trauma and are yeah. teetering on, you know, sanity. You can't help you can't help others with their mental uh, their mental illnesses until you have yours under control. But I mean, that's not true because you can still like that's the way he put it. Yeah, we if your friend is mentally in need, reach out. But like always. In this in this film, she can't be like having poor innocent people tackled and restrained. Being restrained to a bed is psychologically terrifying, traumatizing, yeah. and traumatizing, and that doesn't entrust, that doesn't build, you know, trust. Right. So, yeah, it's a big deal. But anyways, moving on. Go ahead. You got this. So, Doctor Mor Morgan, is it Desi Dazi? I think I can't remember. they pronounce it as Desai. Desai. Okay, we're gonna go with that. Uh, none, he's played by none other than Cal Penn, who we all know and uh, love from many movies, including uh, Harold and Kumar. <laughs> but uh, one of his first acting credits is actually in an episode of 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It all leads back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer yep. every fucking time. Uh, he's all also gross. in Sabrina the Teenage Witch and and Angel. So just all of them. His uh, first big movie was probably National Lampoon's Van Wilder, uh, where he is and then followed by the Malibu's Most Wanted. And of course, like I said, how Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Um. But, you know, he's done a lot of comedies, the, the dumb comedies. Um, and among some of them was the long stint as a regular it, on House and recently American Horror Story. Have you seen the season he's in? No. I haven't either. I'm curious as to what season it is. So he's in the latest season. That's the New York City season. And that fucking got weird. And I actually couldn't make it through it. But he did. Uh, Cal Penn did end up taking a break from the screen for a while as he uh, did work for the Ob uh, Obama administration, which is really, really cool because I liked Obama a lot. Um, but I'm also thinking that's why he's listed as a consultant for the designated survivor show. Which is a yeah. political Yeah, yeah, show. yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's not like survivor like you're thinking. The fucking Survivor TV show. I never watched any of those. One of Tyler's dreams is to go on one of those shows. Fucking no. I want to go on Nailed It. That's the show <laughs> I want to go on. Me too. I, I think told Sierra. I told Sierra that uh, her and I need to go on Nailed It because of all the shit that we've learned from Jaden and her baking and her bakery that is now open. And so I was like, we would be perfect. I would be just trash. It'd be. It'd be awesome. Uh, Anyways, we're talking about smile, I swear. Yes, baked goods make me smile. <laughs> they do, especially my sisters. Sorry. So, as we said, being a great boss, her supervisor makes her take the time off to fix herself, which she clearly takes personally and sees as like a fault because um, she's like annoyed with herself that she is like weak, I guess, mentally weak, which isn't a thing. And a therapist should know that. But, anyways, yeah. So, naturally, she goes home, drinks a little bit of alcohol. And while she's home alone, her house alarm goes off. She picks up some scissors and she is like over the top scared, right? Like she's shaking. She's breathing heavy. Like kind of if you have a house alarm, overreactive. <laughs> I have a house it alarm. It can get really scary though. Like I wasn't prepared. I take care of my friend's cats and then her house alarm went off that I didn't know she set. And I fucking freaked out because it's just so loud so the loud part that's what gets you but it's it's more of just like oh my god how do i turn it off yeah Not like i'm frozen in fear you know what i right. mean like yeah it, they're different reactions but she is yes. like that i am frozen in fear but i'm still gonna go check it out kind of a thing mm -hmm. uh so she front doors locked she sees the back sliding doors a little bit open she gets a phone call from the alarm company because that's what they do they verify she is her and they're like hey are you alone and she says yes i am and they go are you sure and this is like the scariest part of this whole movie because if i got that phone call and they were like are you oh, sure dude. you didn't let something in turn around I'd be like i'm out i'm fucking out yes. yeah dude that's like the it's inside the house plus it, it's great the call is coming from inside the house it's, god i love that movie don't watch it when you're babysitting though that part that's was horrifying that part was great because it's so fucking yeah. terrifying um and so turns around it turns out that was a hallucination her phone does ring it's really the company calling and they send the police because she's so freaked 
the cool part is that hallucination her phone was in her hand and then when she turns around the phone starts ringing and the phone's back on the receiver and i'm like yes oh, it's a very cool. lucid hallucination mm-hmm. that she has mm-hmm. um one of the other favorite parts that i have for this is the police show up and they're like man there's nothing in the house you're fine are you sure you didn't just leave the door open and she's like oh, i guess i, I might have. have and the police say well call us if you have any questions and i'm like you are the police your number is 911 <laughs> you don't need to <laughs> like of course i'm gonna call you if i have issues what did you think thank you thank you for the obvious thanks for the Much permission to call you police um but yeah, uh, I lost my spot because I was looking at your beautiful face. Okay, so she, her husband, her fiance, or whatever, comes home. She's trying to feed her cat. Her cat's name is Mustache. It's the cutest thing in the world. I love it. This should have been Meowstache, but that's okay. It's still <laughs> Mustache. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but the cat is missing, and as we all know, as horror thriller Films fans, go. yep. The a missing pet is never a good thing. Nope. Um, no. And that's why we didn't talk about this movie for four months. Because the cat It was missing. very traumatizing. Yep. I needed to go snuggle my cats. For a while. Yep. So now we're not gonna come back for another four months because we had to rewatch it. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh so <laughs> after some more trauma induced incidents that evening that she has, Rose wakes up early and goes to see her psychiatrist. That is Madeline Northcotch. Yeah, that one. She's played by Robin Wiegert. Is it Wiegert? Wait, Wiegert? People, stop putting vowels next to each other. We can't read them. (laughs) We're in America. We don't learn how to read things or pronounce things. I know how to see Jones. (laughs) Yeah. Where's your your Smiths, your Jones? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So I think it's Wiegert. Yeah. So Robin Weigert, she is mostly known for TV sh- uh, TV series that she's been in, which do include a few episodes of American Horror Story, Big Little Lies, Deadwood, Sons of Anarchy. I mainly know her from Sons of Anarchy because uh, I have watched that show way too many times for the fact that I've cried through it a thousand times. Um, but also Charlie Hennem. So she's she's mainly in TV shows. After she sees her psychiatrist, who's like, yeah, you need to come back. You're fucking crazy. Uh, she goes to her nephew's birthday party. Her nephew's name is Jackson. Uh, his real name is Matthew Lamb, and he is in Only Murders in the Building. And if you haven't seen that show, you should watch it. It's really fucking funny. It's great. There's another... Plus, Steve Martin and Martin Short together are fucking pure gold. I love the Martins. Every time. And I love Selena Gomez in that show. She does a fantastic job. Phenomenal. Guess what happens at this beautiful nephew's birthday party? Mustache shows up. In the saddest In the little boy's present. Dead. Having been stabbed. Yeah. Um, he... It, so it makes it look like she gave him her dead cat for his birthday. Yeah. So then she just has like a complete fucking meltdown in front of everyone at that birthday party. Mm-hmm. And she does a Scream 4 throwback where she, like, falls onto the glass table and it yep. shatters. Uh, she tries to describe that she is being haunted to her fiancé who wants, like, 
fucking no part of it. <laughs> Dude, his reaction is straight up like, I can't fucking handle you. I can't handle your your whatever the fuck you're going with. And so I have to leave. And it's like, dude, do you not have support for this woman that you apparently so want to marry? I get where he's coming from later in the show. I'll get to why I think he's not. They try and kind of make him seem like the bad guy yeah. with his reactions. But it makes it all comes together later. Um, yeah. Because he. Yeah. And he's he is also mourning the cat mustache. So Yeah. I mean you can't blame him for that. I'd be I'd be all hysterical about that too. Um, so that evening she sees and hears the entity in her hallway. And the wildest fucking part to this is she just turns her lights off and rolls over. And I'm like, bitch, turn lights no. on. Do not yeah. turn off the lights. You think you're haunted and you're turning off the lights. Are on. My, this, is, this is something my dad would fucking kill me for because back in the day when I watched a scary movie at home when I was a really small kid, I'd leave all the lights on because I didn't want them off, right? Um, that's I still do that house, as an adult. Like, every fucking light in bathrooms, fucking attics, basements, every light would be on in the house. There would exactly. be no dark, dark spot for anything to be hiding in. Exactly. And she does the complete opposite, which is yeah. blows my mind. Uh, but maybe that's her telling herself, like, it's only in your mind. It's not real. Go about normal. It'll go away. So who knows? But she, um, side note, this movie might actually make a great book because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that would be in her mind that you don't come across on the film. I agree. That would be an interesting way to look at it. But anyways, uh, so the hallway entity thing sounds like her mother, I think. And the next day, she hunts down the professor that had bludgeoned himself in front of Laura, hunts down his wife, Mrs. Munoz. Which is Victoria Munoz, who is played by Judy Reyes. And uh, if you don't know who the hell that is, you fucking should, because she plays Carla in Scrubs. Sorry, I love Scrubs. I will always love Scrubs. I started listening to a Scrubs podcast where uh, Turk and JD, JD. them, talk about each episode like behind the scenes and i love it it's so funny she had a long role obviously in scrubs forever as carla but she was also in devious maids jane the virgin claws she's got four wins and 14 nominations for awards she's a phenomenal actress but she will always be my carla which i think kind of sucks for her because i think that's probably why she hasn't been seen in more stuff is because everyone's like oh you're carla like no one will ever see you as anything other than carla yeah one of the things I've learned about Scrubs from listening to that podcast is that it was really like a groundbreaking sitcom TV show for its time. Because at that time, all sitcoms were done before. It was very like Friends. Before mm-hmm. live audience, the jokes were very like obvious, straight on. Uh, but this was the first sitcom proposed where it was like its own closed set. The jokes were different. They pushed boundaries with sexual content and, you know, they had a healthy, continuously running couple, which is so rare in shows, um, that was also people of color. Like, it was a groundbreaking TV show. And it's still the best TV show that I probably wanted, one of my all-time favorites still to this day. It's great. Miss Munoz shows Rose... The artwork her husband made while he was hallucinating. And she also reveals that her husband also watched a woman die by suicide while at a work conference right before his symptoms started. And like he started acting crazy and erratic. With this information, 
Rose Cotter goes to her cop ex-boyfriend for help, Joel. He finds a police report from Munoz one week prior to his death where he provided a witness statement, much like Laura Weaver did, for a suicide of a woman named Angela Powell, a real estate agent who had murdered herself, I think by gouging her eyes out is what the picture looked like. Yeah. Um, and then he found that Angela Powell had also provided a witness statement four days prior to her death where she witnessed the suicide of a man that walked up while she was at a gas station. This man, while smiling, picked up the hedger trimmer cutter things. I don't know what they're called. I'm an awful gardener. Hedge, hedge trimmers. Thank you. They're hedge trimmers. <laughs> and I, his back is turned to you, but it appears that he stabs himself in the neck and then bleeds everywhere. And that was her witness. You, what You see the blood spatter. What throws me off is the whole chain that they are building right now is that the entity, uh, you have to be a lone witness or it only commits suicide in front of a lone witness. Right. So if someone was watching that tape while that happened, would that count? That's a question. Mm. It is a good question, but I doubt it. Okay. Because obviously Cause it's a entity's already being passed. It's a security so, tape, so like if you watched it after the events, then that then would it's be already passed on. But so. if you were watching it live, or maybe the entity knows, I don't know. Could Not it something go to that two we deal people with. at once. Exactly. Like if someone was film, if the witness was filming. Ooh, it, what the fuck? Like That's live streaming. Could it affect? Oh my god! All the live people? streaming. How many fucking people? Oh my god! That's a crazy thought. That's a horror movie in itself. Is. That's the sequel we need. <laughs> no that's how the sequel should end is someone live streaming and it getting everyone but i i do have and a then, theory. and then it never gets another movie and it just ends on that one cliffhanger and nobody gets answers exactly i do have kind of a theory for like that okay. whole witness thing but that's okay. later but that was just something that i was like thinking about i was like wow could it affect through that anyways um so then they just keep following the trail of all these murder-suicide witness things that are happening. She takes all this info home to show her fiancé, because that's going to make her look sane. And uh, look at all these murder, these murder photos. Yes. She's just, like, shoving them into people's faces. Like, look at all this. This proves my point. And they're like, what I'm the fuck is I'm not crazy. And they're like, you're clearly fucking off the deep end. She's like, well, and not only that, but she's trying to use that as a proof that she's being haunted. But there's also, like, documented things um, instances of like chain suicides happening particularly like in high schools and stuff like that but yeah so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would be like no <laughs> shut up anyways um so he had brought over her psychiatrist to help talk to her because he is clearly concerned so this is where i'm going to talk about his reactions right so she comes home she's ready to be like this is proof that I am haunted. And he had brought over her psychiatrist because he is concerned. He knows that she's acting differently. She's saying things that he doesn't believe in and also something that is entirely out of the realm for her. She is a psychiatrist. She is very logical. She, her saying is, it's all in your mind. It's not real, right? So mm -hmm. for him to react the way that he does, I don't think is bad i don't think he has a bad reaction he does the right thing by trying to bring in help because he recognizes that these are signs so the worst thing he could have done was ignore it but also yeah. 
she just shits on him so hard. And Dude, yeah, she turns on him so fucking fast. And then she leaves. And then I don't think we really see him again after that. Um, because they have like a fight and she's she takes out all of her thoughts and feelings, all the worst things she could possibly say or think about people, she starts saying to them. And so his feelings are hurt. He leaves. You don't really see him. I don't think he's a bad guy for leaving, regardless of if she is being, she's clearly going to or not. Yeah, some sort of mental thing. It is not his responsibility to put himself into one danger or put himself through something to help fix her. Fixing people is not a requirement. And I say that because there are people who are like, your friend was in, like, you know, you need to do whatever you can do to fix people. Even if they're hurting you or whatever it does to you, it falls on you. But I don't think he was wrong to leave. No. And he did the right thing. He alerted somebody that she was hurt, that she was dangerous. And then he well, took... and And her personal psychiatrist, too. Like, that's... Yes. So... he. I don't think he did anything wrong here. And he had no reason to believe that she was being haunted. So, you know... Yeah, there was no evidence other than her starting to fucking just lose her sanity. Yeah. Right. So, yes. I just wanted to defend him for a second because I don't think the first time I watched it I was like wow guy you're not being very supportive like whatever but then the second time I was like you know what actually he did nothing wrong so um but I think that's part of what the entity does is it helps isolate people so that it Um, can feed off of you or whatever it does yeah uh so then she was like oh no my my husband or fiance doesn't believe me I'm gonna go talk to my sister who lived through basically the same trauma that I did as a child and and dealt with me well thinking that I boxed up my dead cat and put it in a fucking present for my nephew we have not healed from that situation let me show up on your doorstep start talking like crazy murder photos (laughs) yes and this is when the sister starts uh gives a little bit of background about the mother um yeah Laura was in the home alone when the mother died. She... Not Laura. Rose. Sorry. Correct. Rose was in the house when the mother died. The bigger sister had aged out and left. She was taking care of herself. There's no... That was... Taking care of your parents is not your responsibility when you're a child. Um, And she does say mother had a lot of mental health issues. And they kind of start leaning to... That is why she became a psychiatrist and she may be presenting these same symptoms. Um, And then she rose again, takes out everything she's ever horribly thought about her sister on her sister. And her sister, again, does the right thing also and says, I am disengaging. I need a family. I have to take care of myself and my family. Mm -hmm. No problem there. And then more spooky shit happens and Rose just completely falls apart. (laughs) So. I I am I will say this I am really bummed that like you know the scene in the trailer with her sister and how her head kind of hangs down yeah um I wish they hadn't put that in the trailer because that scene would have been so much fucking better as an actual original scare seeing it in the movie itself rather I, than anticipating that coming I do agree that movies trailers now use I, the scariest parts of things to draw mm-hmm. people in. With, they give too much away. But then they have nothing extra to offer. They show all those scary yeah. things to get people to come see the movie. And then you're like, oh, that like I've seen all I this. I just could watch the trailer. Yeah. 
Um, I've, I've seen the movie. That's why I don't watch trailers. If I if there's a movie like a horror movie that I'm super anticipating, like we've talked about with Scream and and Halloween Ends and stuff, I won't watch the trailer because I don't want it given away to me. So I also was trash and didn't put in who plays her sister. Um, her name is Jillian Zinser. Uh, I don't recognize anything else that she's been in which might have been why i didn't put her. oh she's in savages uh which was a weird ass movie with blake lively um i never saw it yeah i wouldn't necessarily recommend it uh, that's and 90210 she had a long stint on that but that's all i see so moving on cool uh but yes i agree with everything you just said yeah and so while she is having what to me is a regular like Monday in her car <laughs> where she's just shoving fast food into her face in her car during Amen. her mental breakdown. <laughs> that burger looks so fucking good too. I know. Um, yeah, that part cracks me up. I was like, this is her low point. Amen, but this is my Amen. This is my Monday. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but she gets a call from Joel. Uh, dopamine food, as Andy as Andy calls it. Uh, he calls it what? Yeah, uh, dopamine food. Dopamine food. All right, it's going, yeah. on, going on a T-shirt. I love it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I have to find <laughs> dopamine food. <laughs> so while she's sitting in her car doing dopamine food, uh, Joel calls. And says that he has found a string of 20 cases where someone witnessed a suicide only to then commit suicide within a week later. My favorite, he's like, what the fuck did you just pull me into? Why is, why are there so many things? And he's like expecting her to know the answer. She's like, I didn't fucking know. He is like the most realistic detective I think I would ever picture. Yeah. Because one, he doesn't act completely cold and like... Well, adjusted yeah. to the murder photos um mm -hmm. two he's like why the f like what did you pull me into but yeah i'll help but also like i don't want to <laughs> yeah well um, you can tell he still has feelings for her because obviously you know there was a, a past relationship of some sort yes um so he did find that one man who witnessed a suicide survived the chain and was now in prison um, and he was able to survive because he murdered somebody in front of another witness um, who then continued the suicide train. Final destination style, it skipped him. Exactly. Sorry, if you understand that reference. We should do those movies soon, by the way. We totally should. I love those movies. Uh, so then they decide to go meet this guy in prison. Yep. <clears throat> so this guy, the single known living survivor is Robert Talley. Uh, he's played by Rob Morgan, who you'll, most people will probably recognize him as Officer Powell in Stranger Things. Uh, he's all—he's also been in This Is Us, Don't Look Up, and he plays a reoccurring character, uh, recurrent character uh, in like some Marvel TV shows named uh, Turk Barrett. He's been in what was it, uh, Jessica Jones? He's been in The Punisher, uh, those kinds of TV shows. So he kind of just makes random reappearing roles in those ones marvel's uh, really good about that tying everything yeah. together yeah he uh he did a lot of shorts so there isn't a lot to recognize him from other than that but he does have six award wins and 11 nominations for uh mudbound stranger things don't look up and this is us every time i see mudbound i want to say mudblood <laughs> that's fair sorry 
Uh, but that, that's him. That's that's the jail guy. So Robert Talley, he does reveal that he, while was infected with the entity or whatever the hell you want to call it, had found a chain in Brazil at the same thing was happening where he learned that he could escape the suicide part by murdering somebody in front of a witness because the he had also done research on the entity thing or whatever and provided a little bit of background for that. Uh, so sh he tells her that it feeds off of trauma, which is why you have to pass it on by either murdering somebody in a traumatic way or suicide in the most traumatic way. Um, and basically none of that is helpful information to her because she's like, I'm not going to kill somebody. Uh, but also, like, is it worth killing somebody if you're just going to live in prison? Yeah, for real. Right. Because he's in, like, isolation, too. Like, he fucking... Yeah, whatever he, however he killed this person was fucking awful because he is like in some high security prison. And he even says, like, whatever you do, make it the most horrific, traumatic, bloodiest thing you could possibly do. So he basically was like, I'm going to saw some shit and make it like the worst. Fire sawing somebody upside down in half. Sorry. Anyway. I mean, I was thinking of the movie Saw where they just like everything is above and beyond. But yes, that too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. She heads home to obsess and think during which her psychiatrist shows up. I've seen this movie. Sorry. Or does she? Mm. So spoiler alert, it isn't her. It's another hallucination. But her smile, the psychiatrist's smile, is it's... by far the creepiest of this show. Because it, it starts out with her normal mouth and then she gets into that super creepy smile. But the way it just like slowly, like she does it herself. Yes, I agree. It it's, is so uncomforting. Yes, that's the perfect word. <laughs> it's um, like, ugh. it just gives you the shivers. The shivers. You, you like roll your shoulders. You're like, ugh. Yeah, the shiver me timbers. Um, <laughs> so the police officer did, or the detective did note that there is a pattern to where everyone dies either on their fourth day but no longer than the seventh day so they have yeah. between four to seven days to figure out if she wants to murder somebody or not and she is on her fourth day which makes it a yep. sunday right thursday friday saturday sunday sunday or monday yep. depending on how they're counting the days uh so she having hit her four days of awfulness hallucinates a lot more dark shit and decides the only way to end it is to face her childhood trauma alone. So she heads to the house where her mother died because they still own that property for some fucking reason because she can't let it go. And this she is doesn't want, yeah, she doesn't want to sell the house. Her her and her, her, her sister does, but she has like this issue where she just can't sell it. So this is where we find out why she's kind of the way that she is. And it turns yeah. out that when her mother, I think... What happened is that her mother overdosed mm -hmm. in, during like a mental stress and she, the, uh, sorry, Rose goes to the bedroom door and the mom is like, I messed help up, me. call the police, I need help. And she, Rose, closes the door and walks away. Yeah. Rose being 10, doesn't know what to do or chooses you know, not to or whatever she does. And she closes the door and leaves. And then she comes back and her mother is dead, having overdosed. So she carries that blame in her forever, which is why she became an interventional psychiatrist so that she at people's lowest points can intervene and provide help. Um, so she carries yeah. that guilt. That's her whole thing. 
the mom is played by Dora Kiss. She, that sounds if you put it together like Dorcas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she, Dora Kiss, she was born in Budapest, Hungary, and she was an all-American formal pro tennis player. That's kind of cool. Uh, That's all I got on her. I don't know. The Yeah, and then there's uh, the Nightmare Mom, which is the creepy version of the mom that is hallucinated. Uh, it's listed as Kevin Kepi. He was the blob man in Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, Something in the Woods, uh, Streets of the Dead, and he played the creepy clown in a video called Shit Chapter 2. Which I'm assuming is a parody on it. <laughs> Oh. I can hope so. It's gotta be because that name is just uh, terrible. So she has this oil lantern, which I don't know why that was of all things she chose to take. She walks into where her mother had died. She has these hallucinations where she's talking to her mother and her mother's apologizing for being such a bad mom and putting that on her and blah, 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 blah. But then she turns into a villain monster mom. Uh, basically the entity takes the form of that. And this is when all those times Rose told her patients, it's all in your minds. It's not real. comes back to bite her in the ass because yep. the nightmare mom basically says perception is reality and starts to physically attack her, which is mm -hmm. true. What you perceive is your reality, right? And rose has a moment of hope where she is like well you're in my mind which means you're trapped here too and so she burns the entity walks out goes to joel's house and they make it look like she's gonna just live so happily with joel and everything's better but then it turns out that it's all a hallucination and she was never left the house <laughs> and didn't burn the entity yeah uh, so joel shows up at the house walks in breaks in sorry and finds uh oh yeah there's this awful moment where rose sees what could potentially be the true form of the villain which is super neat it's like rose and rose and rose of teeth smiling it's, yeah it's it's a really interesting um uh and it yeah. possesses her like climbs into her mouth or something yeah and that's when joel breaks in and sees her pouring herself with gasoline or the oil or whatever the hell was in that kerosene mm -hmm. lamp and burns herself alive and he also just like rose did at the beginning just stands there and watches and then it zooms in on his eye where it's being like burned into his eye and the that's how it ends mm -hmm. the monstrosity really qu really quickly uh because he's really cool uh it's played by marty uh metolis matolis I wish there's a pronunciation on his imdb <laughs> they need but to start he... putting the phonetic spelling yeah but he's actually known for doing a lot of really great things. He's been in Netflix TV series like Evil, Westworld, Star Trek Picard, Studio 66, Teen Wolf. He's been in Sleepy Hollow. And he's actually one of the pig men from American Horror Story. Oh, nice. The, the piggy man. And I think it's, uh, I want to say that's Roanoke, which I actually really enjoyed that season. Um, and Or something like that. 
But since we're talking about the monstrosity, the special effects and makeup team, which obviously did a lot for this film, included mm-hmm. Lisa Forrest, Valerie Carney, Alec Gillis, Jeremy Sullenfried, and Brian Spears. The stunt double for Sosie Bacon was Alicia Forsh, who happened to also be a stunt double for Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus 2. We just pretend that movie doesn't exist. And uh, I could not find any details on who played Mustache the Cat. So No. They need more details about animals that play in movies. The other thing is we never actually see Mustache alive, so it could have just been a problem. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You see him eat his food. Oh. He still could have been a prop. I don't know. He could There's... have been a prop. I guess it's true, but like, <laughs> I guess you do see him alive in like a scene or two, but that's about it. Um, But, okay, so really quick, here's my theory about why nobody reacts to anything. Because also, as a detective, he is trained to react to things. Yes. Yeah. And seeing her have poured gasoline on herself, you think he would have tried to restrain her from lighting a match. Tackle her or something. My theory for all of that and the fact that she acts completely overly traumatized constantly throughout this film is that part of the entity's thing is that when you see it smiling, it like has this hold on you and it creates like paralysis almost. Yes, it creates the most fearful feeling that you could ever have which is why everyone gets frozen in fear and it's they can't control it that's just what it does and then it burns into your brain or whatever and that's how it like gets in um and then from then on everything is hyper like your fear response the adrenaline you're hypersensitive to it yeah everything is amped the fuck up and you're just hypersensitive and crazy that's i think it's just part of the entity it's not necessarily the people it's fair that's where i see all of that the graveyard is a little bit tricky for this one because there are just like sinister there's a million different chains happening that we know nothing about they also introduce a chain of 20 specifically related to this version that we only hear about three or four of them yeah and they don't actually have like a list that would be really cool if you could like look up a list of like those things but i think if they did a second film which i think they might have teased or somebody has said we might do it or they're thinking about it i don't know then i think they will whoever gets affect the chain that they start with there will probably show a google montage where they are seeing all these chains popping up um especially the one in brazil because they mentioned it already they could also do it as a prequel where they do the brazil one just saying oh yeah yeah but anyways the graveyard as we know it go ahead okay so number one it is the mom's overdose she traumatizes the kid. Number two is the patient's grandfather. Laura's grandfather. Sorry, I put patient, but it's Laura specifically. She mentioned yeah. she saw her grandfather die as a child. Yes. Then uh, the countless of other chains, including the Brazil chains, <laughs> happen. All those deaths. Uh, the gas station guy with the hedge clippers. Hey, you put hedge clippers in here. Good job. Um, I have lucid times. Yeah. Uh, the woman at the conference, the Angela Powell that I think we think we think she dug out her eyes. That's what it looked like. Oh, hang on. tight. I was going to sneeze, but then it went away instantly. As soon as I said, hang on. Of course. Uh, number six was the professor that bludgeoned himself with a hammer. Number seven was obviously Laura who slits her own throat. And then poor little mustache. And then, of course, we end with Rose. Right. And we can only assume that it gets passed on to Joel, who continues the chain. Yes. The monster 
All right. The monster. So, the monster was I really said monster. <laughs> it was like... really fucking hard to find any good theories about this monster. I tried to find ones that I myself thought it could be, but every time I Google monster or suicide or demon and suicide, I just get a bunch of fucking papers about how people who are dealing with depression, anxiety, oh, stuff demons. like that. Yes, are battling yeah. demons. So, it was yeah. really hard. I did my best. Here we go. Finn describes it as gleefully evil in his interviews. Finn is the director, in case I need to remind mm -hmm. anyone. On Screen Rant, uh, they say the base... Oh, sorry. The film, obviously, is based on Laura Hasn't Slept. And the feature of Smile serves as a metaphor for trauma and how it become all-consuming. It could be theorized that due to its difference in behavior, Smile's entity is a collector of souls quickly consuming its victims and moving to the next, only gaining more strength with each one. The idea is okay. that it's trauma. It feeds off of trauma. And that's what they say. Well, um, kind of. That's what the prisoner says. I'm yeah. just like, it feeds off trauma, so the more traumatic, the better. Uh, given the movie's themes regarding mental health, mm -hmm. it's literally based in mental health profession. Uh, yep. The smile could also serve, or it does, Finn has said this, serves as an allegory for how the most typical way to deal with emotional pain is to, like, grin and bear it. Yep. So even though you on the inside are broken, you present the smiling, fixed self to the rest of the world, which you also see Rose do before she goes to the birthday party. She puts makeup on and she smiles at herself in front of the mirror and goes, ugh, and then stops because she's trying to pretend that she, everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smile's entity makes its victims grin and bear it, like I said, as a way of further mocking the pain and that they are going through by dealing with all their trauma or not dealing with it, I guess. And the universal response humans have to mental health, which is ignore it, push through. Yep. Which doesn't work. So No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is a non-paid advertisement for better help. <laughs> uh, yeah. So trying to figure out what in the world this was like i said i tried to look up like which demons were related with suicide and i didn't work out well but here's what i found so looking at demonic possessions and suicide there was a romanian journal of legal medicine called Der article sorry called demonology and suicide forensic implications by veronica scripcaru et al uh published 2017 so the model of demonic possession as a form of mental parasitism was first developed by the researcher F.W.H. Myers, which I think we talked about in our parapsychology episode. We briefly, I think, introduced him, but that was so fucking long ago. So I'm going to go back over it. F.W.H. Myers, he has a long name. That's why it's F.W.H., was a founder of the Society of Cyclical Research. And he specialized in what we would call the super, or what he would call the supernormal phenomena, which included like mediums, having visions or knowledge of future events, telepathy, stuff like that, the like mental part of parapsychology. He was also an investigator in one of the first most well-documented haunted house investigations called Cheltenham Ghost, which was an apparition of a woman standing in a window dressed in black holding a kerchief. Uh, look it up. It's kind of cool. According to these authors, demons pass through the spinal ganglia. Oh, so he presented a physical manifestation of a possession. And this is what he described it as. 
So according to the authors, uh, demons pass through spinal ganglions, something to do with your brain, settle in the cervical area, which is the lower part of your brain in the top of your spinal cord, and invade the subject's personality. In the body, this is a quote, in the body, demons specifically locate themselves in the spinal column, nervous system, and deepest nervous centers through which they control the whole being. From the ganglionic nerve center located in the bowels, the emotional sensibilities and all organs are affected by them to the cerebral nerve centers in the head, the eyes, the ears, the neck, jaw, and tongue, muscles, blah, 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 blah. This causes the loss of rational mind as it cuts off any connections between the central nervous system and the body, which leads to loss of self-control. That feeds to the entity perfectly as i yeah. said i think it takes control over their emotional response to things it causes that hyper fear reaction um they're having hallucinations she clearly killed her cat and just didn't remember it because of yeah because of the demon thing um so yeah i just thought that was kind of a cool that's that's interesting because a lot of like a lot of ghosts and stuff like that or demon things like movies and 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 what you see on tv a lot of people are like oh i i don't remember this happening and that would i mean that it description itself would make more sense of why people wouldn't remember things like that happening yeah it's a it's kind of a neat thing um and then What's thought yeah and even if you <laughs> like she's seeing things for herself and it's not a hallucination like the alarm going off um, mm -hmm. It still has the control over her nervous system, which is what is your fear response. Yeah, her freak out was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it's important to note that many religions have demons or some form of demonic thing. And in some of the louder religions, i.e. Catholicism or Christianity, those demons are used as scapegoats for a lot of human behavior that the church has deemed immoral, such as sexuality, femininity, basically a woman doing anything other than making babies, mental Cooking, illness, cleaning, all that stuff. Um, so that's like an important thing to remember when you do research and think about demons. Um, I think it's additionally, sorry, many of the Christian-based religions have associated suicide with the demonic hell and all things evil, which is why a lot of the hauntings in like movies, TV shows, stuff like that, like The Conjuring, which are told from the Catholic perspective, start mm -hmm. with a suicide because that is the most horrible, awful thing you could possibly do um, to go to yeah, hell. She ran up the tree, declared herself to Satan, and then hung herself. Yeah. In, so, in the con Conjuring. Clearly, I've watched that movie too many times to the point where I know what she actually says. And as we all know, suicide is not religious in any way. It's just... Help. No, a lot of religions deem it uh, immoral, and so they say that you will never get into heaven if you kill yourself. That same thing is kind of happening in Smile. However, with Smile and many other haunting evil entity movies, you get the question of which came first, the demon or the suicidal ideation. So were these people already traumatized and the entity took... Uh, took liberties with that and that's how it was let in or did the entity make them suicidal you, you don't know which one happened first um, and to clarify i think the metaphor smile is trying to get across is not about a traditional hellish demon causing suicides i don't think that's what finn wanted. was trying to yes yeah um 
but just like how pervasive and deep the darkness goes once someone is in it and how it can like drag you down and without a good support system depression trauma anxiety fear all of that can really just like take over and people around you may not know that's what's happening and all that kind of jazz and sometimes you feel like you can't express it or you don't know how and so you feel even more alone and more um, cut off from others that way yes perfect couldn't have said it more beautifully if i was a psychiatrist and we should have brought my mom onto this fucking episode um we could we could do a 30 minute episode my mom would would have so much to say on this shit the other thing is that like not only is the individual going through it but it does have lasting effects on those who witness it um, or who take part or who know the person or something like that yeah um but at the end of this paper is a table with possible indicators of demonic influences. Uh, so Katie and I are going to keep track of which ones we meet because we're apparently just pure demon, according to this list. And Woo-hoo! everyone else, feel free to follow along. Take a sip of a drink or a shot every time you hear one. Maybe don't because then you'll die of alcohol poisoning. So Yeah, don't do that. Uh According to the Romanian Journal of Legal Medicine and these authors, the possible indicators of demonic influences adapted after Buford from a 1989 article say involvement of magic. One. Involvement of the occult religious practices. Anything other than praying to Jesus. Okay. Involvement of Satan in everyday life. No. Uh, I mean, define Satan. Like, is it other people's? satanic things do i have to specifically be talking to satan i don't know i i mean like i literally play D D every saturday with a oh that's a, that's a, demon a magic and satan all in one <laughs> so yes okay, three okay new age religious practices four yeah a family anemis uh, sorry anemnesis of demonic influence or occult practices i don't honestly no i don't know what that means those words mean so we'll skip that i'm gonna assume that we fall in that category i, sh- I bet we do a uh, history of residents in areas with powerful judo christian influences four yes. welcome to Utah. you're holding up five fingers <laughs> you just said four <laughs> three my lord three. <laughs> that's a shrek throwback uh Thanks use for, uh, doing that with me immediately. Are you ready? Use yeah. of tarot cards, horoscope, riddles, wizards, etc. Riddles. They listed riddles, riddles as a demonic thing. Fuck. Atheist or lack of interest for practicing Christianity. Six. Extremely negative reactions to the mentioning of God, Jesus Christ, Holy Ghost. Seven. Uh, feelings of self-denial. I don't know. Uh... I don't really know what they reference there, so I'm just going to cross that out. Cool. Uh, failure to accept the concept of forgiveness. No, I do not believe no. that if I murder someone and then say, dear Lord, forgive me and forgive me. and yeah, say and eight not- Hail Marys, I will be forgiven for murdering somebody. You won't. You okay. Won't. Uh, so that's what, nine? I don't know where we're at. Uh, yeah. Resistance to medication or psychotherapy. Uh, I don't have that, I guess. No. Um, so we're still at nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Personality disorders, especially multiple personality schizophrenia, psychosis. I don't think I have those, I but if I did, uh, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have those unless mood swings really drops in there, but I don't. I mean. Um, addictive models, alcohol, drugs, 
sexual preoccupations. I do have an addiction to caffeine and sugar, so I'm going to go ahead and accept that I, one. Yeah, there's there's addictions in, in everyday life of certain things. So, I yeah. also am addicted to like TV and stuff like that, so I'm going to take it. Horror, horror movies, uh, Dungeons and Dragons yeah addictions yes. for those things I, totally yes. so yes that's that's 10 or 11 i i have accepted that part of the reason i should never do um, among other reasons i should never really do drugs and it's probably a good thing i don't like the taste of alcohol is because i do have an addictive personality and i would be in big trouble um yeah, but also fair. hunger for power fame and a super ego and i must say you don't really do a podcast if you don't have those things so by all accounts, Katie and I are basically just demon spawn at this point. So. Forget we are. And since we basically just covered that this film is not meant to be a religious take on demonic possession and the descent to hell by suicide, allow me to present the demon or entity list I think this could be. <laughs> so <laughs> on, a, on a little bit of a brighter note. <laughs> so first off, because it is well known and established that this is not a literal possession or an evil entity, little has been done to identify this specific demon thing, unlike other movies like Suicide or not Suicide. Oh my gosh, I just have that on the brain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like Sinister. <laughs> wow. We're on a great great. We're um, doing great. Yep, we're on it. Uh too many S words. Uh, but like Sinister, everyone figured out who that was based off of. They did a deep dive. There was tons of lore about him, that whole thing. Not a lot has been done for this one. And like I said, it's fucking hard because it's the topic of suicide and there's more prevalent things that pop up for that. So anyways. And so that's basically where my notes fell apart last February and my soul was broken. <laughs> yeah. It was dark. It was dark. Uh, but... I'm just going to present to you with the demon hit list. This was demon hit list. a fun thing that I stumbled upon. Uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with what I think this demon is or anything about this movie, really. <laughs> but it's called the demon hit list. So you have to look at it, right? And this is what it is. So the demon hit list is a book written by a Christian religious leader man named John Eckhart. And the Amazon description of this book, please nobody buy this book, says <laughs> author John Eckhart has gone yet another step further in equipping the saints to defeat the powers of darkness in his deliverance thesaurus, Demon Hitless. Since identifying and uncovering demons by name is so important in deliverance, the idea to write a thesaurus is well overdue. Some argue that we don't need to know the specific names of demons, but names are what we use to identify. There is power in identification. The more believers can identify the enemy by name, the more successful they will be in driving the enemy out so like okay. the conjuring too right yeah uh but listen to this hit list so the first demon in this a to z comprehensive list is of course abaddon if you watch supernatural you've heard the name uh yeah uh, abaddon is the demon of destruction destroyer a place of destruction the depths of hell works with spirits of Death, Hell, and the Grave, or Hades. That's the description next to Abaddon in the Demon Hit List. Uh, I did not purchase this, by the way. It's been pirated and it's free online. That's how I found it. So I didn't give him my money. Um, yeah. So from there, the list gets like super not demons, and it kind of weird. 
Um, it's unclear to me whether these are meant to be literal demons and entities as described in the preface or just types of sins that people can do. Lovely. Um, and while it seems obvious that Abaddon is clearly referring to a living thing that has been turned into demons and stuff in movies and TV shows and is referenced, mm -hmm. that uh, isn't true for like the next few things. Um, the next ones are abandonment, abdomen, and abnormal. Um, I don't think those are demons. Can you see where I got confused? So that's not that's 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 not a that's not a demon name. <laughs> so everyone, to my knowledge, has an abdomen. Um, right. That's not a demon, right? But it's the a human body part. Oh, right. So the description for abdomen is stomach, belly, gut. Okay, that doesn't help. <laughs> right. That's the human. That's piece. Yep. Uh, sounds normal on track. Okay. And then it says serpentine spirits of lust and scorpion spirits of fear can lodge and operate in the stomach and lower abdomen. We sometimes lay hands on the stomach area and command them to manifest themselves and come out. That's called farting. Uh, just so we're all clear. <laughs> That's just a fart. A toot, if you will. <laughs> if you're classy. <laughs> no, we're not classy. Uh, we say Heart with a hard T. <laughs> with a hard T. Unlike toot, which has soft T's. <laughs> toot toot just makes me think of Zootopia. Toot toot. Yeah, that's what you do. You lay your hands on your belly and you say toot toot. Like, toot, toot. <laughs> Every time I fart, I'm doing that from now. Uh, anyways. I'm gonna do it during D D games. Somebody's gonna be like, "What the fuck? Did you just say two two? Like, yeah, <laughs> just say time to fart now. Everybody That's... knows. Everybody must know that I farted. You are casting the demons of lust and fear. You are expelling them. Uh, but yeah. So I guess by his account, those demons are called abdomen, which is weird. I think they could have done better. I think they could have been more creative. Um, they could have come up with like Conch the Impaler or something like just more demonic, right? Other than just abdomen, be gone. Or toot toot. So abandonment uses <laughs> the word orphan. It'll never leave your brains. Every time someone hears toot toot. Or a fart. If somebody hears a fart, they're going to say it. It's a new drinking game, but a farting game. I yeah. don't know. I'm lost. Okay. I'm going to move on. Abandonment uses the word orphan as a descriptor. So if you are an orphan, you are automatically possessed by a demon, just so you know. You're a geographical orphan now, so you are also possessed by a demon. Right. But like, what a way to kick a kid while they're down. Like, oh, you're an orphan now, but also you are automatically possessed by a demon. <laughs> because you're an orphan. Yep. So go fuck yourself. Um, and if you are listening to this podcast, you have the demon of abnormal in you. It goes on to say that when demons are in operation, the result will be abnormalities. Things that cannot be explained naturally are often demonic. So by that logic, wouldn't Jesus be demonic because none of his miracles are naturally explained? Boom. Explained. Explained. <laughs> You're worshiping a demon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Nobody cursed me. But also, like, <laughs> I don't know, thinking of the other thing of, like, abdomen, a lot of people have, like, stomach issues and shit. And so, like, 
would that be something? Because you can't always explain stomach pains. <laughs> but like, and and not all they're not always normal. But you're saying that like those stomach pains are caused by the demon, specifically by this demon of lust or of oh oh okay got it I whatever see. the hell the other word was that he used <laughs> or not be stomach lust lost and fear. So okay, pray the stomach pain away. That's what we're getting. This is why we're going to hell. Okay, <laughs> we're assholes. See, I just quoted the Indiana Jones at least. Um, if you're gonna quote something, it might as well be Indiana Jones or Zootopia. Yeah. I guess yeah. <laughs> they're in the yeah, same see? realm. Yeah, they are. Disney. Um, so. <laughs> That book goes on and on. Those were just the ones from the first page. Um, I did not continue after that because it was confusing. It made no sense to me. But that does exist. Another fun list of demons from scripture I found was from Dr. Jerry Robinson in his book, Strong Man's His Name. What's his name? I don't <laughs> know why that title exists. Whoever his editor was, I, I'm so sorry. He did not take your notes. <laughs> Why did you say Dr. Jones? Because we had been talking about it because you started with Dr. J and I was like, oh, no way. But still, that's a terrible, that's a terrible book name. Yeah. Strongman is his name. It's his game. Yep. I oh, boy. Editors back in the day, man. But this guy says that there are 16 biblically named demonic spirits, one of which is the familiar spirit, which is associated with yoga. So yoga is evil, and all of you who do it are worshiping a demon. You heard it here first. Yoga is evil. <laughs> it is the devil. That's is that the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yoga, that's the devil. <laughs> we need uh, Kathy Bates to come on this show and just oh. everything we say, just be like, that's for the devil. <laughs> just we just need to talk about American Horror Story to bring her on and then just constantly have her quote Waterboy. Deal. <laughs> uh, I love that woman. But bringing her back to the movie, it does have the spirit of heaviness, which is associated with suicidal thoughts and inner hurts. Torn spirit is how it says. Uh, okay. But inner hurts. What a like a. My inner hurts. I have inner hurts. <laughs> Inner, in, inner demons. Yeah. Boom. I need to toot toot hip inner hearts in my abdomen. <laughs> oh no. There's a toot toot coming on. <laughs> There's a toot toot. It's torn my spirit. I'm possessed by a toot toot. <laughs> Focusing. So they also have a spirit of death, which is suicidal attempts. So they split suicidal ideations and spluicidal splucidal <laughs> attempts into um, a way of making this cheerier, even though it's not a cheery topic. Two separate, yes, what she said. Anyways, they're different. Uh, yeah. uh, so there's the one that causes the thoughts, and then the second one that causes the action. And to take it off rails again, because we've been doing so great at that, mm -hmm. is the spirit of infirmity. It specifically says asthma, hay fever, allergies. Well, fuck. <laughs> so, we are all just possessed by a demon. I'm I'm completely screwed with that one. 
I got um, all the, I literally have all the allergies. I have a four page packet of foods I am allergic to. <laughs> but yeah, I just had to share the reason why it was so hard to find anything about the identity of this entity. Uh, but yeah, so enough of that nonsense. Let's get into the smile entity for real as it's presented in this film. Um, yeah, yeah, as I said, there's not a lot to know behind the demon. What you see is pretty much what you get. But there is a fandom wiki page that describes the entity as we know it. And so I will fandom. go through that. Are you ready? It I'm right here. Says, here's. It is a sadistic and violent demonic entity that feeds off the trauma of its victims, tormenting them to sustain itself. But also because it enjoys causing its victims to suffer until they eventually kill themselves. Or until it possesses them and forces them to kill themselves. So if you've ever listened to a very long run-on sentence, that was it. That was all one sentence. I was Yeah, it was. There's just a couple of commas, but that was a whole sentence. Um, it always does this in front of a witness. We all know that crap. It's a curse. Okay. Uh the full name of it is unknown. It's not abdomen. I tried. I looked. Uh, a couple of different names. But I always just called it the smile thingy. Yeah, thingy. so the we smile thingy, the entity, the smile entity, the smile demon, the ghost, but it's not really I don't think ghost. it's ever referred to that anyway I either. think the doctor at some point says it's like a ghost or something, or someone just offhandedly says that, but it's not... Because See, I feel like... That was when they hadn't spirit. identified it, so... Yeah, I think they use the, more, the word spirit more often, so I feel like the spirit would be better than the ghost, but that's just me being picky. Well, go ahead and edit that wiki page. Uh, the curse, the smile monstrosity, blah, 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 blah. Uh, powers and skills. <laughs> Cursing. Okay. Clearly. Shape-shifting. Yes. Possession. Yes. Reality warping. For show. Psychological torching skills. Torturing. Tor yep. Nope, they torch. Torching. They torch them psychologically. It's all the same. Specifically torching. It's, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hallucinesis. I just call that hallucinations, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, cerebrokinesis. I don't know what that is, but it's listed. Mind walking. Selective visibility. Emotional metabolism. And, and, and it's smart. Cerebrokinesis. Uh, this is a superpower. Wait, that's that's. I just want to know what it is. There we go. The ability to manipulate the mind and mental uh, processes of others. Apparently, there's an X Men mutant that has this ability. Oh, that makes sense. Pretty Zero. much right. all of its powers. It's basically just that it invades your mind and controls everything that you see, touch, feel, and interpret. How you interpret the world. Yeah. Uh, it. There's a list called worst crimes for this demon. It says mass murder, mass torture. Right. Uh, to be fair, he doesn't call mass murder. He's a serial killer. He kills one thing right. at a time. It's not yeah, a. It wasn't multiple at once. Yeah. So to clarify, get your shit together, villain wiki. Come on, wiki. <laughs> You've been known to be so on point in the past. Where did you go wrong? Um. <laughs> Animal cruelty, yeah. Possession, obviously. Corruption, multiple enforced suicides, mutilation, and psychological abuse. Okay. Type, type of villain, sadistic mind breaker. So that's what that has to say. Uh, okay. 
for the origin story theories uh there's a web page called we got this covered.com and they offered eight possibilities that they had also found and researched and collected one it's the product of an evil psychic attack my fucking favorite theory um an example of this would be like professor x from x-men being able what to I say, cerebro. yeah boom to you know create something and then they like lose control of it that's the idea they started something they lost control of it it continued on vecna from stranger things that's where he came from some psychic ability and then it just grew from there so that is my favorite idea and Um, now i want to go back and watch stranger things thanks i think (laughs) that if he had an origin story that was based on a psychic attack he would be someone who's psychically powerful i guess um who was in like a deep moment of distress and pain and they manifested it accidentally he used he used to try and make people smile all the time but everybody just kept beating it at him up until he just used that as a backfire and just started making them smile and torturing them by it no that's the joker you're confused <laughs> oh you're right <laughs> no it was someone who just like was needing help but putting on the smile right um and in a moment of brokenness, they created this thing. But anyways, that's my favorite. Okay. The second theory, a vengeful ghost, like the Ring of the Grudge. Mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't like it. I don't like the idea that it's a ghost. It's very, it's in your mind. It's specifically in your mind. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's something from outer space. Like it, the things from Bird Box or like Alien that has a psychic ability. I don't think it's from outer space, but I like where they were going with that. They stretched. Can't. Yeah, it is a stretch. Um, But like the bird box demons like fuck with their minds. So that's kind of cool. The other option is an interdimensional creature that like cross dimensions. I don't like Mm -hmm. that either. But again, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Um, So a demon, we covered that. Somebody also put on there like if you want to stay completely logical rabies um okay because it does fuck with the mind but i don't think it does it like that not like that so i that's my least favorite we've learned anything from scrubs going back to scrubs uh there's an episode where a girl contracts late rabies and then they divvy up all of her body parts to be donors and then all those patients die because (laughs) yes but she never acts crazy so you know i mean it does like mess with your mind and it's also the disease they were testing for in quarantine but it doesn't do this so right um and not everyone experiences the same hallucinations or whatever like these people did. like all of them were yeah yeah so uh the other one is that it's all just rose hallucinating which i think if you really want like to say a logical way it's not a demon or if something a creature that is probably the most logical way she because she was overworked she's tired she already has a historic history of trauma that would be her manifestation right well Um, it's just pushing her over the edge with 80 hour work weeks and stuff like that so yes and so i looked it up and i found a paper uh oh sorry it's a research proposal called Childhood Trauma, the Occult, and Mental Disorders, Relations in a Sample of Psychiatric Outpatients, Authors, 
names I can't really pronounce. It was dated January 2019. So they submitted this, I'm assuming, to get funding or to like an IRB or something. Um, but I don't know if this study has actually taken place since then. But uh, basically, my thought process is that Rose has dissociative identity disorder, which is like multiple personality disorder. Um, but on page seven of this report, they describe childhood trauma and dissociative identity disorders and it fits Rose. So childhood trauma captures a range of emotional and physical abuse and neglect, which is what happens to her, and is considered a major risk factor for psychiatric disorders. You're impressionable. Your mind is soft. It's right. still building. Yeah. These traumatic experiences are on the causal pathway for dissociative identity disorder, or from now on, I will call it DID because I will stumble over myself. So according right. to the American Psychiatric Association, DID is characterized by a disruption in identity i.e. two or more distinct identities or personality traits or personalities are present and amnesia gaps in the recall of everyday events like murdering your cat and putting it in a present right um did is clinically described by a discontinuity in sense of self accompanied by alterations in effect behavior consciousness memory perception cognition or sensory motor functioning so literally this whole movie yes the psychiatric condition is sometimes perceived as a spiritual phenomenon, DID is treated as a severe condition in which some people describe this as an experience of possession or like a spirit or supernatural being or outside person has taken control. There's an episode of Psych where the person has DID. They don't know they have it, um, but they think they're being haunted because when they, they'll like black out for a couple days and when they come back, all their stuff has been moved around and it was just their alternate personality, like rearranging furniture and freaking them out. Uh, split it's a really good movie that's based off of did yes that's like a darker it's, it's very dark and it. it's very uh big because it's based off of a person that actually had uh, a record holding amount of personalities in their personal uh, body and it's very but. so did is wild because the you can literally have personalities that have illnesses that the original person does not have so like yeah. mackenzie in, mackenzie one is perfectly healthy Mackenzie too has uh diabetes and needs insulin or literally will die like it's very weird how it can present and how the mind like the body reacts to a split yeah a split like that it's wild look it up mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean that that exact thing is in split so yeah it's crazy uh it is thought that DID is an initial, initially adaptive response to traumatic events, which causes the brain to produce a compartmentalization effect of the trauma. Uh, the movie Sybil is technically based off like one of the first cases of mm -hmm. DID being discovered, but that's what hers was. She was abused as a kid. Her first personality came up to protect her during that time because her mind would shut down. Her stronger version would take over to protect her. That's kind of like the idea. Um, so for this, it's that Rose could not deal with the fact that she took on the guilt of her mother dying. Um, so she split into two personalities. And then under extreme stress from work and everything like that, her personality came up. Um, or like possibly because she witnessed this other death, it was too much trauma for her to handle. She felt like she'd failed. It came up. That kind of a thing. That's where that comes from. The other one, which I kind of love too, is that if this whole thing takes place in Carl's head because it is a manifestation of his fears and hallucinations. 
Yes. Some of the things he's mumbling when he first comes in, you're kind of like, oh, okay, foreshadowing. And then when she's like, it's all in your head, right? That's the most like prevalent time she says it. So yeah, that's an idea. Um, so naturally I took to Reddit because why not? Truly. Um, some people believe that it could be an Eldritch horror, like Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still in a weakened oh, so one person proposed that it's technically still in a weakened state, but it, as it gets stronger from feeding off the more traumatic things are, um, it can get stronger and therefore infect more people at once. So as it gets stronger, particularly probably from Rose, <laughs> because, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so when it gets strong enough, it could potentially infect a whole group of people or like one or two people at a time. Um, so I think that's a really cool idea. The intensity of it. Terrifying. Yes. Which could be part of like the video recording thing we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, the intensity of it grows the longer the person lasts. So it's never been known to last more than a week. And that's because it starts out kind of weak, but the stronger, not the, str- I don't want to say the stronger you are, but like the longer you resist it, then like the more pervasive it gets. So like when you think about Rose, it just kind of teases her first. And then in the end, it's a whole fucking formed thing. Yeah. Um, it, presents as whatever the person fears most so who's to say we have even seen the true form so because it's in people's mind it knows everything about them and it just takes whatever form they envision oh. so it's a bogart is what you're telling me yes we solved a it bogart. Bogart. <clears throat> it's a bogart gone rogue we've yeah done right fi- figured it and, out and none of us went to fucking hogwarts or Ilvermoni. so wow that was a deep dive into my fucking harry potter fanaticism you did it you nailed it podcast over we solved it done did all right so this last section is going to be real quick how to beat it for real i.e how to break the chain Um, done so some of the options that came up oh wait i'm sorry uh i missed one thing from reddit one person who saw it said and i quote oh uh sorry uh said that a fun little fact about the numbers the number four sometimes represents Lucifer or the fourth horseman, of which is death. And the seventh day is there's the seventh circle of hell, which is suicide. So those are kind of some cool number choices there that someone picked up on. Very suspect. Highly suspect. Um, those are the kind of details where I feel like maybe they didn't do that f- specifically when they wrote it. But because fans have put those like, together they're like, they're like oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah we did that exactly what we thought purpose totally purposeful that's why we did what, that 100 percent. yeah we did our homework what are you talking about yep we're genius uh so how to beat we, it for real copy off your te- copy of your tests yeah that's right <laughs> uh so obviously there's what they propose in the movie murder somebody have a witness you're free but you're not mm. really free right you're still fucked so the other options that have come up are killing yourself alone before it has the chance to decide for you. Um, so technically, it would okay. still like kind of win because you committed suicide. But if you weren't it wouldn't smiling, have anybody to transfer to. Yeah, if you weren't smiling because you did it under your own control as opposed to it possessing you, then yeah. 
But the other caveat to that is it's in your head. So if it knows that's what you're going to do, it could potentially just like possess you depending on how it works and, and yeah, still do it. So it just depends on how that works. Um, My other thing would be what if you died in an accident in front of a bunch of people? Does it just not transfer or does it just pick the most traumatized person <laughs> and go to that? That's such a interesting question. <laughs> like, like if you... <laughs> The day you got possessed, right? Let's say you're driving home from the police station after watching someone commit suicide and a train hits you and three... There's all these bystanders. Yeah, there's 300 people just saw you die. Uh, who's possessed? Or does it just go, oh, fuck, you've defeated me. <laughs> and then it just leaves. Like, you found the loophole. <laughs> like, who knows? Too many people. Too many. <laughs> don't look at me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So there's one thing. One of the options was self-isolate, like the lone survival and final destination. Um, but I feel like it would still find a way to like have you commit suicide in front of orderlies or something. As Jurassic Park likes to say, life uh, finds a way. And so do evil <laughs> mind demons. So means demons uh, can find a way. But again, that might break the chain if you like are literally unable to kill yourself but, but then you're still being tortured but, by this demon all alone so but knows. does it go back to self-isolation if you're in like a unit like she is in, in in final destination there's still cams on you and so therefore would it transfer through the cam to that person that's watching per se well exactly but you're still being like traumatized by it so you could be in a straitjacket strapped to a corner unable to move but you're still have it stuck in your mind so that wouldn't yeah. be like a great way to go but no no, it wouldn't. Um, the other thing is dealing with the trauma from the movie. You kind of see that that's not really a thing. Um, yeah, like she tries to do that and it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I don't think that's really possible. Back to Reddit theories. Uh, Tangerine Memes is a user said the best way to actually beat the curse as well as survive without going to jail would be to kill two people. Kill one to traumatize the other. And then once it's moved on to the next person kill that person before they can either send you to jail or pass on the curse okay, okay. but i feel like so maybe... you go from one murder to double murder and then you just hide the bodies really fast <laughs> so nobody knows that you murdered these people basically join a mob and learn how to do mob hits but then i'm thinking it would just pass back to you because you still witnessed and are traumatized from murdering two people so So, so basically you passed it to two different people to fuck them over uh and kill them so and then you're still stuck with it and since you are the lone survivor it still takes you back so nope that doesn't work hey buddy thanks for those other two spirits i'm even stronger now yeah it's like oh what a home i've made a home let's do that again (laughs) two more two more frog flakes another user said maybe i'm superstitious but i had to turn the movie off before the ending i assumed it would end with the witness to her suicide would be the viewer i.e us thus cursing us all that's an interesting thought but again, that's more than one person. So unless it got super strong from her, yep. you run into that scenario. But still, that's kind of like, that would have been a cool way to end it. Um, it would have been. However, she, the person was like, oh, there's been so many movies that have broken the fourth wall. I hate, I hate that. We're all cursed. Somebody responded with, um, first off, it's a movie. Second all, curses aren't real. And I was like, yeah, okay. 
But then I was like, what are you watching? Uh, so I Googled. Um, I couldn't find a whole bunch recently, quote unquote, that had come out. Uh, but the ones that I found that like made me giggle, um, there was one called Rubber that came out in 2010, which is about a telekinetic yeah. tire that goes on a killing spree. It's it's so it is so dumb, dude. That movie is so fucking dumb. But it's it's one of those movies that it's so dumb, it's laughable, and so you at least enjoy some of the moments or the idiotism of it. I guess. Um, I probably won't ever see it, but just know that it exists is good enough for me. Um, yeah, that's fine. The Woman in Black is supposed to be like a fourth wall breaker. The Ring, of course, because you just having watched the film, does that thus then mean in seven days you will die? Yes. Spoiler alert, that's what the movie's about. Uh, and then Wes Craven's New Nightmare is meant to be... I would say The Grudge, idea. too. I would say that The was... Grudge, because as at one point, like, she, like... But one of the very last scare scenes and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it by now fuck off anyway i haven't just seen it by love now you. oh god damn it is it so it was listed but i didn't know for sure so i didn't no it, totally the grudge is totally definitely part of that okay. for sure well we're actually gonna do it I'm in the next i'm not gonna explain it to you then because i thought you'd seen it <laughs> somebody else proposed would an exorcism work and they specifically said the steps to defeat it would be one use some really strong prayers in order to make it manifest this would probably upset it and it would make its presence known hopefully convincing others of its existence i would also suggest the usage of holy objects inside the house and lots of prayers in order to destabilize its grip on the victim maybe some serious salt would help in order to be protected from its attacks unlike so the silly guys... salt in my cabinet currently right, exactly. so um clearly these guys have put together the conjuring and supernatural <laughs> which is all based on religion right um exactly step two that was just step one in this four-step yeah. process step two Jesus. get the help of a priest or some priests would help as soon as possible maybe an exorcism ritual would be indicated okay step three i would also suggest that the mass of I think it's Basil the Great to be performed inside the house. It is said that these prayers are really powerful because the priest is basically cursing the demon and not just once. Imagine that. As far as I know, when these are performed by a really good priest, it simply torments them in if any are around. They put if any is around, but that's not right, so I fixed it. But, uh, so real quick, I did want to know what Basil the Great was, <laughs> so... Um, I googled it and what came up was Basil Basil the Great Mouse Detective <laughs> the His movie. name is Basil in The Great Mouse Detective His name is Basil uh, But after a little bit more digging uh, Encyclopedia Britannica said that St. Basil the Great Bishop of Caesarea was from the 370s AD and among his many political and theological accomplishments, pushing my glasses up my nose, is that he is associated I with establishing the current guidelines for monas sorry monastic life which focus on community uh liturgical prayer and manual labor which is cool that they it's not cool i think it's weird but it's interesting that those are from so fucking long ago and they haven't updated it right like that's just how pertinent those like traditions are but it is this specific ritual is recognized in eastern orthodox eastern catholic and roman catholic religions 
Many of St. Basil's writings and sermons, specifically on the topic of money and possessions, continue to influence modern Christianity. And Orthodox Christianity website says, three things the devil fears, the cross, the bath, which is confession, and the Holy Communion, the exorcism prayers of St. Basil the Great and St. John Chrysostom are to be said by an exorcist and in silence. So literally, someone just stands in your house and stares at the wall and you're like, yes, it's working. It's totally working. It's working. And if they're saying it out loud, kick them out because they don't know what shit they're doing. It's silent. They're They're fake. They're fucking fakers. Yes. It has to be in silence. Duh. Everybody yeah. knows that. So back Come to- on, supernatural. Yeah. So back <laughs> to this list. Number four. By this point, the demon should be banished. But as a precaution, I would suggest periodical blessing of the house and weekly visits at the church. It would also be good that the Mass of Basil the Great be performed at least yearly on the victim, just to be sure. So they're going to so- sit in front of you and just stare at you. <laughs> not awkward at all and you just have to go i feel it it's, it's working. i feel it's it. working toot toot it's gone <laughs> and it lived it was the body you're the toot toot it's gone <laughs> i have expelled the demons goodbye toot toot goodbye toot toot wave it away wave the demon away it's so sad that's the sulfur coming out oh i hit my hand on the desk um all right, the number five, it says, in my religion, priests usually write on the wall using sacred oil. Uh, they write a mani- monogram, sorry. Oh, how to, a way to ruin the wallpaper. Good job, guys. Which means Jesus Christ wins. <laughs> neener, neener, neener. Yeah. Jesus Christ wins. <laughs> like, way to kick a demon while it's down. Um, I'm pretty sure they call that poor sportsmanship, but Okay. Um, and then it, it says, death was swallowed by victory. So I would suggest also that kind of monogram be present in every room. I agree. That was, I couldn't read any more theories after that. The last theory was that Joel shoots her. The curse doesn't pass on. <laughs> Good job, Joel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It would, I, I feel like that would work. But again, if he's the only one... That would be a traumatic experience for him because that's a girlfriend that he clearly still has feelings for. Um, Right. So would it pass on to him? See, and they're so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And trauma can be so like fine lined that who's to say that the bare minimalistic of something like that wouldn't be trauma and therefore it could still feed off of that transfer. Exactly. Um, so he would have to shoot her in a public setting and then frame her and be like, she put her hand in her pocket and they'd be like, oh, okay, you were right. It's okay. But that's the end. That's all we got for Smile. So I still don't know what it is, but I like the Vecna type thing. I think it's- I like the toot-toot. Yep. It could only be expelled by having a- exorcist stare silently at you until you toot toot and then and then and then push it away with your hand and then you say jesus christ wins <laughs> don't confuse it with jesus christ superstar but jesus christ no. wins specific yes so yeah um but again uh if you are going through any of these things because like we've said this isn't meant to be a literal demon or anything like that it is supposed to be the experience of 
you know, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideations, 988 or 911, fucking whatever three number you need to call, um, do it. Uh, check on your friends. Yeah. And that's what we've got. So uh, we made fun of a lot of religion today. So please don't come at me. Uh, yeah. Don't curse my house with any anointed oil on my no, walls. No toot toots on the outside of the house yeah. either. <laughs> uh, don't sulfur toot toot in my house. Um, oh, I'm definitely going to sulfur toot toot in your house. <laughs> that I'm there. <laughs> uh, you know what? Those are the That's only enough. acceptable toot toots, actually. And now it's just. Now has to say sulfur toot toot. I'm gonna make candles that say sulfur toot toot for our merch. <laughs> yes. They that won't. I mean, you have to buy them to know how good they smell. Yeah. <laughs> it just explodes. It's, it's, just... it's the goop style of fuck, of the vagina candle, but it smells like farts. Yep. There you go. It's <laughs> what kind do you of mean smell like. It's kind of like uh. The every flavor jelly bean. You just don't know what scent oh, you're going to oh get. God. Oh, no. <laughs> One of them's like rotting corpse. The other one's like natural flowers. <laughs> yeah. But like such a sickening amount of flowers that it just gives you a it's headache. Like over, super pure perfumed and shit. It's not real flowers. It's like spray can flower scent. <laughs> shit that's supposed to cover up weed smell. Yep. The, the teenager bedroom smell. <laughs> Um, so now that we're back, I don't know what we're doing for our 30 minute episode because this took me four months. So don't ask me to do a 30 minute one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> we also have not decided what movie we're doing next. So we will announce that. We're going back to our bi monthly. So every two weeks, we will, every other week, we'll put out a new episode. We'll keep you updated on the Patreon. Check out our store and do some toot toots. It's good for your soul. So yeah, it's really good. It's also good for your abdomen. Don't don't be holding in them toot toots. No, that's really bad for your abdomen. <laughs> Follow us, subscribe wherever you listen, review us, and what's the other thing we tell people to do? Oh, our Instagram oh, horror cats yeah, so which ha- oh Facebook. <laughs> what is our Instagram? It's horror it's underscore. Horror. Okay, I got this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's been a while. Is the I know. It's horror underscore witch hat. No, wait. <laughs> horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. Yeah, that one. We had a four-month moment of silence for mustache. We're back at it. Uh, yeah, it was really traumatic to lose mustache, man. <laughs> and here is the morning song of mustache. <laughs> oh, poor mustache. Oh, <laughs> my